everyone, my name is Josefa and welcome to The Low Block. For all the new listeners listening in today, we're available on Spotify, iTunes, Pocket Casts, as well as other different podcasting platforms. We're going to be also available on Google Podcasts very soon, so keep stay tuned for that. Joining me here today is the one and only Hamza. How are you doing today, bro? Well, what an amazing week of football we had. So yeah, I'm just very, very, very excited to talk about it today on this podcast. Five goal thrillers and just amazing games to watch. So yeah, I'm just very, very excited. So before we get into the Premier League games and the nice games in this weekend, I just want to talk about the AFCON refereeing, bro. That, bro, first of all, just like forget the fact that he blew the whistle early and all that stuff. There was a long, long VAR checks, so many falls, you know, those injuries like when people fall and stuff. And he still blew the whistle five minutes earlier than the full time, 85th minute. And you know what's even better? <laughs> after after they had that whole like argument and like, why why are you guys doing it? Why are you blowing the whistle so early? He blew it again the second time in the 89th minute. So even like yeah. So let me guys. So let me give you guys the the order in which the whole thing came in. So the ref blows a whistle on the 85th minute. He restarts the play because he thinks. Because he thinks it's 90 minutes, and then yeah. and then he he blows the whistle on the 85th. He restarts the play, and he sends off a Mali player in the 87th minute. VR says it's not a red. He goes to the, to the monitor, checks it, and says it's not a red. So he rejects the VR, and then he still clo- and then he still blows the whistle at 89th uh, point 40 seconds. Like what is going on? Yeah, I just don't. I don't understand what's up with like uh, referees. This 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 season, two thousand starting from two thousand twenty two. I don't know what's up. I, with refs. And guess what they said as well. Afcon said this this referee had a heat stroke and he couldn't think properly, and that's the reason why. No, I because I, I watched the video after he blew it for the second time, and then like all the all the, the coaches they like they uh, like they ran from the from the bench. That yeah, was crazy and, scenes. Yeah, and they were like they're like what is it? And he was he was very confident in himself. So I don't think he he couldn't think properly or anything like that. I think he was fully confident and he just messed up. They were just up. trying to save their skin, basically. Yeah, no, he didn't want to get embarrassed two times in a row. You know, that's pretty embarrassing. You know, you're wrong the first time, you're wrong the second time. So yeah, I think he didn't have anything. That's just a way to, you know, forget about the thing. The Premier League referees this season as well. The decisions yeah. that are made. I think back to the Chelsea and Spurs game, the one that was in uh, the London Stadium, and there was this decision where. Kepa comes out. He made a mistake. Kepa comes out. Rudiger runs all the way back to the to the to the to the goal, trying to be a goalkeeper. I don't know what he's doing. And then, because the rule is, you're offside after the second defender after the keeper, basically. So I was watching that game and I forgot about that rule. To be honest, I have no clue. I just saw Rudiger. I'm like, this can't be offside. This goal stands. But apparently that's the rule. And then like Kepa comes out because he knows that Alonso. I don't know who was there. I think it was Alonso, yeah. Alonso's there. So he comes out to Kane, and he knows that Alonso's alongside him, so he tried to get Alonso, you know, in line. But technically, that's not really because Alonso and Kane are in the same position. Kane scores, and it's rolled offside. And it took him 50 minutes to make the decision as well. Like, it, it takes time to make those decisions, and sometimes they're not even good. They're not even correct. They're not even, re- like, reliable. And VR is supposed to come to this game, make the game better, make the game more efficient, make the game more fun to watch but it's just making it worse because now when you score a goal your team scores a goal and you're celebrating you can't really celebrate you celebrate after the VAR check yeah because you're not sure if it's gonna stand or not so it's so it's killing the game basically yeah I remember like when VAR just started in the Premier League 
there was a guy, there was a goal, and then it was, it was like ruled offside. After the game, the guy put on Twitter, he he like the he took a screenshot of, of right before the pass was like the person passed the ball, and then he cropped. You know when you crop, there's like lines. He yeah, used yeah. those lines to see the offside, and it wasn't even offside, but it was given as offside. So yeah, I think. Not only does VAR like you know just defeat the whole you know like the, the defeat the whole purpose of fans and like excitement because it just like it just messes up everything like do you have to check the goal you have to check a handball you have to check a red card you have to check a penalty I think it's just it's it's getting it's, I think it's just very bad it's getting out of yeah. hand basically it's a bad thing to, like for football I think and there's an argument to say that the VR is actually good it's just the uh, referees using it are bad. So they're using the ref- they're using the tools of the VR, the cameras from all angles, all these things. The referee is the deciding factor. Like he he decides what happens in the end, and his decisions are really messed up. They're not correct. They're very questionable, and there's a lot of argument, even from the pundits in Sky Sports. They always talk about it. Like Gary Neville, Jamie. There's always a conversation. Think about it. Every single game, there's a conversation on the VR and how it's bad, how it's not. That's not a good decision. Well, why did he give it here? And the problem is, it's not consistent. Like, a game, there's a player who shoves a player, and he falls, penalty. And there's another game, someone, like, clean, like, shoves shoves him the same the same way, but no, it's not given. And then you're, as a fan or a neutral, you're thinking, oh, why is that happening in that game, and that game, it's not happening. So you're questioning what, like, it's, it's not fair, basically. Yeah, and, and it's not consistent. And that's what the fans are craving for consistency in in the games and, and referee decisions and it's not happening and it's messed up basically there's a lot of also like red cards not not by VAR just by the refs like when there's cleats to, to your to the player's leg or what like to the player no ball no ball contact just cleats to the player that's a straight red card and that's the rule it's a straight red card yeah if it's over the ball yeah yeah but it happens in one game where it gives in a red card and the other it's not given a red card so I don't know what's up with the referees but I think now they have to, I don't know, get new refs or... F- they had this Mike Dean. They had all these refs around for how long, bro? So, yeah, I don't know. They have to fix these problems, I think, with the refs. And the thing is about the referees, one last thing is that they don't do interviews or anything after the game. And we... Okay, look, if they did interviews and say, oh, okay, that this one was a mistake, no, next but, time I'll, I'll try to... Yeah, yeah. But that's the thing. There's no interviews. There's nothing. So, like, if a referee makes a mistake or anything, we can't really know... What's his intentions are? Because some people think all oh, referees are just trash because they want to do everything and they think they're the best, or or, or they or they just want to control the game and you know what I mean. But like if if they're not coming out talking about their decisions or like explaining, because sometimes maybe an explanation can 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 win the fans over. Yeah, right? but like if you do if if they do an interview right after the game saying, oh this was like for example let's say the the, the VAR ruled something offside and it wasn't offside or ruled some a goal and it wasn't. Goal and then they in the in the interview the ref says oh we made a like mistake obviously the fans would would ask like as a, they would say like you should give us the goal or something like that because it won't be fair like what do you you're you know that you gave the wrong decision but it doesn't just go like that fans obviously wouldn't want like them to just be losing a goal or maybe like the other team giving a goal that's not supposed to be a goal you know what I mean yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. That's I think that's why they don't have these interview stuff. And even if they did, I feel like they won't even like, uh, you know, like uh, what do you what do you call it? Like they won't say, "Oh, we're wrong," you know. Yeah, yeah, I don't think they would. In Australia, they do something cool where, where they actually show, like they the fans can basically listen to what the referee is saying to the VR and what mic'd, the VR. Right? They're yeah, they're mic'd up. So that's also good, I think, so that the fans can know exactly what's happening.
So I don't know. This VR thing is just ongoing for the last year or so since two years. First two years, yeah, when it started. So it's always been bad, and the only way to fix it is better refereeing and better decisions and consistency, basically. Yeah. So our next talking point is the North London derby. Now. Our episode was going to be based on the North London Derby because I was excited for it. I'm a Spurs fan personally. Yeah. And it's, so, a, it's, it's one of the biggest games. It's the biggest, like, biggest derby. Yeah. Arguably the biggest. Yeah, but, like, the thing is, last I think I think last year, it wasn't a very big derby. Uh, it wasn't a very big deal because Spurs were seventh, I think, and, uh, sorry, Arsenal were eighth. So yeah. it wasn't really a big deal. But now it's top four, top you know. Four, Everyone's yeah. trying to get that fourth position, Champions League spot. So it's way more important. And there's it, it weighs more as well. Fans. Yeah, last season there weren't fans, right? Yeah, they, they, no, I think one of the legs there were, and there was another one there wasn't. Yeah, so it's so if you guys didn't know already, it's been cancelled, and to be honest, I'm just fed up of this COVID regulations and COVID rules. And I know it's impo- COVID is very important, and Omicron cases and all that is important, and everything. But clubs can't get away with just postponing games just because they're not they don't have fit players or they're not available for this game or they don't feel like playing now obviously i don't really know exactly what's happening inside but it seems that they're just trying to like they're just not trying to play the game they're trying to they're scared of playing spurs basically (laughs) i don't know about that but still like it's that's what it seems like so let me just give you a rundown of what happened arsenal claimed to have one covid case which is confirmed and spurs also have one covid case right injuries are not covid so just because you have injuries doesn't mean you have covid and it's part it's part of the season it's part of the game yeah, of football, yeah if you remember liverpool had the worst that's, inju- that's why they finished third last season and they still uh, somehow finished third but uh, yeah injuries is a part of the game of football you're injured doesn't mean you can't the whole game should be postponed just because you're injured that's how you play you buy your players you buy good players exactly yeah. you, you you have players available you use the 23s doesn't matter what you do you still need players so, Spurs also have injuries, by the way. Son, Eric Dyer, uh, Christian Romero as well. He just right, just came back training. Yeah, he just came back training, but he still he wasn't fit for that game. So he's still injuries, still big names injured. So like the fact that they had injuries as well, and Shaka, a very it's he's a proven in the Premier League player. He, okay, look, he might not be amazing, but he can he can play well. Important player, and he's an them. important por- player for them, and he's he's a senior player as well. The fact that he's getting red card and he know he hasn't he knows he has a North London derby coming up. He gets red card, gets himself off the game, and that's another player out of the out of like out team of contention sheet. in the yeah. team sheet. Yeah, and and that's another player they're 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 not gonna be able to pick. Be able to game. pick. Yeah, and whose fault is that? You're a senior player. You're not supposed to make dumb decisions and get yourself booked and get a red card to be not available for the second game. So I, I don't know what you think, but this is really embarrassing. And, and and the fact that in January, they've loaned two players as well. And they know, everyone knows, December, January, these are the best times to have injuries. I'm not saying that in a good thing. I'm saying that's it's common to have injuries this time because of the fixture list and how much games they're playing. And two games in three days was it, I think. So you, you need to be ready. So they loan out two players, first team players. It was Balogun and Maitland-Niles. Maitland now is a midfielder, by the way, so they have problems in the midfield already. Afcon players going, so they didn't even want to play him for some reason. That's why they loaned him out for experience, even though they didn't even want to play him. I don't know why. Yeah, so that's two players gone, and and Partey and 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 Maitland, uh, and Partey and Ilnani, I think. Yeah. Yeah, they they're going to Afcon. Pepe. Pepe as well. 
So they don't have midfielders. Aubameyang, even though he doesn't play, I don't know what's going on. But yeah, so all the all these things, they have to consider. They're a big club. It's not that it's not like they're Norwich or someone. No disrespect, but they're not someone like that that yeah. level. They're a big club. They're owned. They're owned by millionaires, right? Yeah. Billionaires even, and they can't even field out a fourteen player team sheet. So I don't understand what what this is, and and like. The fact that they've played Leeds as well and before in this season, Leeds had nine, I think it was nine, nine available senior players played on that pitch that day. And they beat them, I think it was 5-0. The only reason they beat them is because they had very, very less players, yeah. Players, yeah. So I don't, I don't really get it. Like, And, and Wolves, this, this this week, they played they played 19-year-olds and 20-year-olds and, and so they gave a debut for this center back and yeah it's just it's just like wolf if wolves can play if wolves can play a team and field out 14 15 players why can't arsenal do you know and they can use their u23 it's not like the u23 isn't bad as well so i don't understand this is this yeah, is really so embarrassing in my opinion and i i'm not going to change my opinion on this cuz i f- i think this this is this is like i don't i didn't even expect any of this to happen i didn't expect this game to to be postponed unless they had more more than six cases, more than five cases, then it would make more sense. But any team, there, everyone knows that the African Cup of Nations is in the is in the middle of the season. Everyone knows that. They know that from the beginning of the season. So you should already keep in mind the games that you're going to play during the time of the Afghan. So you have players that can play. You you know you do the whatever training you need to do. Whatever you have to be ready. You have one COVID case. That the game should never be postponed. You have injuries, the game should never be postponed. One COVID case doesn't mean the whole team cannot play. It's and not an outbreak. Yeah, so. it's not an outbreak. And 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 even if there if there is an uh, even if there is like a like a they're not sure maybe there's more cases they will obviously check it, and then if they do then obviously you can postpone it. But if they don't then the game should be on. You have you have injuries. I've never seen a team play a full season without injuries. So you every team must have injuries. Every team. Last season when Liverpool had injuries, did they ha- did they postpone games because of injuries? They had big players injured. They had Virgil, Gomez, the bo- both center back pairings. And then other people started to get injured. Uh, Matip obviously got injured, and then there were there were other players that got injured and came back, got injured and came back. So, so I think injuries and yeah, like injuries should should not should not mean a game should be postponed. So I think the Premier League they made a bad decision decision in this, and Spurs have the right to you know disagree and you know talk. They should probably go talk to them about it, even though nothing can change right now. But I think it was the wrong decision to be made by the Premier League. So yeah. Tottenham Hotspur came out with a club statement, and if you remember, we're we're in the Europa Conference League, or we used to be in the Europa Conference League, and we had a game against Rennes, and this Spurs had a COVID outbreak, unfortunately, this season as well, where they had more than ten cases, more than so it's an outbreak. They even had to close the training ground, and guess what UEFA Champions League did. They did, they, and we filed for a postpone, postponement. Like we asked for it, a postponement for the Ren game. The UEFA Champions was like, no, we're gonna cancel this game. You forfeited this game. You lose three 0 We're out of the Europa, Europa Conference League because that game was was a deciding factor for winning the. Uh, we're gonna be second place in the group or not. So they kicked us out of the league. I mean, they kicked us, kicked us out of the competition. Sorry. And here we're just seeing one COVID outbreak and Premier League just saying, oh. And and the th- the fact that Premier League came with a statement that said, 
Oh, it's 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 a mixture between Afcon injuries and COVID. It's not supposed to be like that. It's never supposed to be like a mixture. It's COVID or not COVID. You got COVID, ten cases or eight cases or more, then you close it. Then you postpone it. Sorry, and if you don't, you play the game. It's simple as that. It's nothing. There's yeah. no there's no argument here, and and I understand like Spurs fans and the Spurs, the Spurs board, Daniel Levy. They all should be angry because it's not fair. And we could have easily won the game as well. I would have easily took that three points. It was a very important game because Spurs have games in hand and beating Arsenal, which have one game in hand, to go up top four and then win their other games in hand, that would have been big for their top four, uh, you know, like trying to get to Champions League football. So I think that game would have been very, very important. And it's now good. that it's been called off, it's... It's also bad for us as well because now we have so much games yeah, in hand. We have, to, games in hand we have to fix... We have to, like, play those games midweek. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, just because having games in hand isn't points on the board, which Spurs fans need to be reminded of as well, because I get sometimes carried away, oh, oh, if we win all these games, we're in this position. But what if we don't? You have that four now, right? Four yeah, I think two. we have four games in yeah. hand. Like, you will think like, oh, oh, we can get 12 points, but it's not like easy as that. Yeah, it's not easy. You yeah. one game here, then this game, because you, ha- you, you have to, you didn't play it last time, you have to play it, and then you have a game that's already supposed to be on the end of the week. You know, that's three games per week, and how are... Exactly, it's hard. Let's yeah. say a club has Europe, have yeah. Champions League, or have, or and also yeah. there's Carabao and FA Cup. Yeah. So yeah, I think stuff like that. Those type of mistakes shouldn't be shouldn't be made by the Premier League. And the the fact that Arsenal also filed for the postponement, they asked for it as well, and and they're trying to cheat the system basically, and it worked. That's also damning, pretty damning actually. So yeah, enough about this North London derby nonsense because I'm actually you know, vexed about it. And I really, we should have really won this game. We went, we should have like, because it was at home as well. We would have beat them. And we Fans did. were really, really excited. Yeah, we would have got three points. But, it, you know, the only advantage I can take from this, from this game is that Sun was injured, Eric Dyer was injured, Romero was injured. So that gives them more time to get fit. That's the only, uh, that's the only thing I, uh, that's advantage in the yeah, Spurs But also they had a lot of players off which you guys could have took advantage of. Took advantage of, yeah, yeah exactly. So, yeah, that, 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 that's a bit annoying, but we'll talk about the other game, which is very important. This the games that were on, actually. <laughs> yeah, the games are on, which is very important, uh, you know, in relation to the title, title race. race yeah. yeah, So it's Manchester City against Chelsea. Now, it ended 1-0, which makes City 13 points clear on the Premier League. So do you think they've won it, basically? Well... Okay, so if I haven't said this already, I'm a Liverpool fan. So obviously, you know, you can tell a little bit that I want Liverpool to be in the title race. I mean, they are, but at the moment, City are running away with it, I think. If I really, really wanted Chelsea to beat City, so there's more of a title race. I feel like now it's like we won the title and now we just have to keep going just to make the gap even bigger and bigger. But uh, uh, Liverpool have one more game in hand. Wouldn't make that big of a difference. We'll make it down to eight points, nine points, um, uh, some about something like that. And I think it's still a very big gap for for a team with that much consistency and that much squad depth. It's really hard to you know fall off in in the season. But if Liverpool beat them the next time they play, which hopefully happens, <laughs> if Liverpool beat them, it will also make the the you know the gap even smaller. But I think if City don't fall off, then obviously I don't think there there is gonna be a way. For uh, Liverpool to win the league, Chelsea. I think Chelsea's out of the title race, to be honest, because at uh, yesterday also Brentford, um, and Liverpool beat Brentford three 0 So Chelsea are, I mean Liverpool are backing, you know, winning in that. 
So yeah, I think yeah, I think Chelsea are out of it and Liverpool are the, are I think they're the closest, but I still think City are running away with it. Yeah. So let's talk about the game itself. I mean, first of all, Grealish, he's a hundred million pounds. He's not playing well. He got a one v one chance, he didn't score it. Which made I know City won the game, but if we're talking about um, individual performances, Grealish should definitely play better. You know, he's been he's brought in the summer to to perform to play well. He was playing very well in Aston Villa, but he can't do the same in 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 Manchester City. Now, granted, it's a new game, it's a new team. Sorry, it's a new manager, but still, you shouldn't be missing those one v one chances against Kepa of all keepers. I, I know he's okay, but he's not really okay. Like he, he's not really <laughs> he's not really good, is he? He's not. I mean, he's 70 million, and he's. I don't like him as a personality. I don't like him as a goalkeeping figure. I don't. I just don't like him. And the fact that he missed the 1v1 that early, it's a, uh, it's it's bad. It's like it's bad for for his confidence and bad for his for his progression in in in, in the Manchester City squad as well. Like Pep Guardiola might actually sit him down for next game as well because he's not been performing. Well. Grealish, right? Grealish, yeah. yeah. But let's just talk about De Bruyne real quick. See, now, something I wanted to say about De Bruyne is when you buy players, there's a difference between... There, there, that, there, this is why there's difference between good players and average players. Like players, like Premier League players, you know, obviously they're all Premier League level, but there's difference between individual brilliance. When you have a player like this, this means they, they're very professional players. They do the fundamentals perfectly, and they, don't, they have less mistakes. They make decisions faster, but they also have that magic where they bring in... You know, in the game when you really need it. I feel this game, I City played a lot better than Chelsea. They had way more chances, and I think they were dominating the game. But they they weren't scoring. They weren't, you know, putting their chances. I mean, like, scoring their chances. But De Bruyne just comes in, gets the ball in the middle, dribbles outside the box. And, and then I don't understand Holds how he... Holds off Conte. Yeah, well. I don't understand how he shoots with that less, like, you know, like, momentum on the on the shot. Like, his, his foot just goes, like, a little bit, and he kicks it, and... You know, wraps it there, like uh, to the side. So, I, I feel like Kepa should. He, yeah, he should have yeah. shuffled yeah. when 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 he saw De Bruyne running t- like towards the middle. Eder, I mean not Ederson, sorry. Um, Edward Mendy would have definitely saved that, in my opinion. I yeah, think. yeah. It was a good effort, but it I doesn't think take Mendy, away like you know the fact that Kepa. Yeah, De Bruyne d- has no, it didn't. D- yeah, at all. It doesn't take like uh, De Bruyne's brilliance at all. He created a lot of chances, De Bruyne actually for Sterling. I remember early in the half as well. So. I don't know. De Bruyne is just amazing. I, I, I love De Bruyne. I think he's an amazing player. Hopefully he's not injured. I think something happened to his ankle. I'm, I'm not really sure about that. But, you know, hopefully he's still strong. But Chelsea were just shaky. Every time Manchester City pressed them. Every time City pressed them, they looked shaky as hell. You know, like, Malang Sar was not having the, a good game as Very well. Very bad game, in my opinion. The, the reason for that, I think, is because he's new to this... To this city vs Chelsea fixture because yeah. it's a big fixture, it's a big deal. The title's on the line basically. They need to win points against the best teams, and I think I'm not sure if it's his first time, but I think it's his first time playing against a big side like this. And yeah, it's it's just you know it's just young. He's a young boy. He's still learning, and he's probably just like tense, a bit tense, a bit scared of of City. But yeah, he wasn't performing well. And another player that was. Very very bad was was Marcus Alonso. Yeah, exactly that guy. I, my I, I to be honest, I didn't I never liked the way he plays. I don't like the way he plays. Don't I feel like the only thing that's saving him right now is his free kicks. To be honest, like 
I, watching this game, I think he he made so many so many careless mistakes and a lot of a lot of like chances to make good passes. He just doesn't make them, and I don't know why. But Kovacic is a player I really like to watch, and I, and I think he's an amazing player. But you can't be giving him the ball when there's three people behind him or two people behind him. And the City players as well, not any players. That's how the Grealish chance came. Yeah, right? so you can't be giving someone a pass, even though like Kovacic scans, sees someone behind him. But what is he gonna do when the ball's already coming? You know. Yeah. So I think a player of of like a Chelsea player with such a good team, they shouldn't have, be having players who don't know how to make the right pass, the right decision. So that's why I think Marcus Alonso, I I think he he had a bad game. And also uh, Chelsea, I don't know what type of. I, don't, I disagreed with the lineup they put out. I think they sh- they should have Mason Mount should have played this no, game. No, the thing is with Mason Mount, he was actually ha- having a minor injury. That's what's been reported. Okay, makes makes sense. Makes sense, yeah. And and Ziyech didn't have a good game. Another player that cost a lot of money, Romelu Lukaku, ninety-seven million pounds coming in. You know the thing is they bought Lukaku for that, for that last moment. You know the the the, the guy who can score goals. The guy who can finish the game off, the guy who can make chances, just like what you said about the Bruyne. Hold up, the, hold up, the, and hold the ball, and then pass it. <laughs> the thing, the thing is about like what you said about the Bruyne, it's individual brilliance. That's what Chelsea brought him for. Like yeah. last season, we've seen Lamp Werner cost Lampard a job. Think about it. Like I know Lampard was going in on a bad run, and and they didn't score goals, but Werner, look at the Werner, look at the chances Werner got last season. They couldn't. They just couldn't finish them off. Wasn't scoring in front Wasn't, of the exactly. In front of the box, yeah. So now they got Lukaku to fix that problem, and he can't even do it. But so so what? So what do you say? Like what? What's happening now? Chelsea bad investment. What? What is it? Romelu Lukaku as well after that atrocious interview. Like what's that about? I mean, let's not get into that. But that's a that's a big L for him in my opinion. You know, like him coming out saying he loves Inter and he's at Chelsea. Chelsea fans weren't up for it. And I think it's going to come back and bite him as well. Whenever he doesn't perform well, they're always going to link him with that story again and it's going to keep coming and coming and coming. His hold-up play is not even that good this uh, uh, this game today. Like, he's not even... Uh, he's, I think he scored six goals, which is not bad for a striker of... You know, but he still should score more goals. And that, and that chance he got, even in the first half, decision-making was really bad as well. You know, he, he tried to pass it to Ziyech, which, which was clearly offside. And I don't know. In the second half, he just didn't want the ball. Every time the ball came to him, he either holds it for too long and doesn't even loses it straight away, or he just holds it and just passes it straight away. Doesn't even like do anything. Like not nothing, not, nothing threatening. Goal, goal. goal. Like, he's not making any goal threats basically. So he's just passing it back, or I don't know. He just doesn't feel like playing. I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with him. And he's always making runs. Chelsea Chelsea players don't see it, and he gets frustrated. And as a striker, that's gonna that's gonna only be- become worse because uh, Harry Kane had that as well. He makes runs, no one passed him. He comes, he f- he comes back to the midfield, tries to get the ball, plays it out to the wing. They try to cross, no one's in the box. So Romelu Lukaku is gonna hold up the play, try to play with Le- just like how he played with Latour Martinez in Inter. And there's there's he's, he's just not working with Chelsea. I don't know. Maybe it takes time these things, and he has to learn his um, uh, teammates' movements and everything. But it's just not working out for him. And, and, yeah, he had a couple of chances. And there was this chance as well where he got the ball. And there were three players, City players. And their pressing was, by the way, like, City pressing was amazing. Yeah. That's why they made Chelsea very shaky. So, like, he had the ball, received the ball. I think Ruben Diaz was there. A lot of players were, were basically coming at him. And, and there were two players 
on the other side, I forgot. I can't name, on name the wings, them. Yeah. On, on the I wings, yeah. Ziyech and and Pulisic, I think. Yeah, there were two players available on the other other side of the pitch, and he he, he just tried to keep the ball, tried to that tried to dribble, tried to try to you know tried to do something that wasn't was never gonna come off. He Not got three players yeah. pressing. Not necessary yeah. against a team like City, and yeah, just quickly on Lukaku, he lost seven duels. He yeah. lost seven duels. He's look at the size of him, and and <laughs> like, and it's a good thing. Like he's a he's a strong player. The whole point of a player like this, a center forward, is to hold the defender. You know, hold hold the ball, keep the ball, make a pass, run around the defender. That's what he was doing for the first few games. You know, he's the first two or three games. Yeah, against Arsenal, I remember. Yeah, he scored how many goals? He scored three goals or something like that. I remember. So, Lukaku, is, he, he's an amazing player. I won't take that away from him. But his performance recently, I don't know if it's because of that interview or because of, you know, what maybe the, the, there's problems with the players. I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe there's internal problems. Yeah, because because of the interview, maybe players are like, why are you, what are you, you know? I, I doubt it, but it might happen. There's a possibility of that. But, yeah, it's like, and also the lineup, if there's nothing wrong with Jorginho, even though I don't, it's not that I don't rate him highly. I, I feel like he's rated a bit too highly. Yeah, know? yeah, he's overrated. But he's a good yeah. player. He can he he knows how to do the fundamentals well and and everything like that you know and and not everyone when I say fundamentals well I'm not trying to say that player is not good he can only do the easy stuff someone who can do those fundamentals well uh, consistent makes less, throughout yeah, ninety games that's a very good player minutes, that's sorry, a good yeah. player you really you really need in your team and so Kovacic and Kante I think they're the, the best players of that game personally I think it was Kante Kovacic also played very well. But so Conte could have stopped. The yeah, yeah, but but other than that, like, yeah. I yeah, think but that's the thing. That's the that's the deciding moment. Yeah, I know game. it's a deciding moment. But to be honest, everyone they didn't really play well. Chelsea though, they didn't play well at all. And I don't know why Ziyech started. I don't no idea why that happened. I don't know why they. His started. decision making was a very bad no, as well. Ziyech also uh, he uh, he always gets pushed off the ball. Every time he's on the ball, he gets pushed off. Every single time. Another player we need to talk about actually in this game was Bernardo Silva. I mean his. He's been playing well this whole season, and now we're also seeing the other side of his game. Like the, the there's one side of his game where he can dribble, go past players, score goals, you know, make chances. But in this specific game, I've seen him do a lot of defensive duties. You know, pressing, sli- winning slide tackles. He was just amazing on on both ends of the pitch, going back and going forward. So I I really like appreciate that. Basically, you know, he's he's doing really well. And yeah, he's yeah he's just doing well every game, and he's really important. He's an integral part of that city side. And if he's fit, he plays basically. Yeah. yeah. yeah another thing on his defense, he had five recoveries. Yeah. In this game, and also he won five duels. He's not even tall, to be honest. He's not tall, right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So he's winning duels, and I think you know, perfect to have a player that is f- like a full fully rounded player. You know, can do everything. So. Yeah, not a luxury player, basically, because some players yeah. they're luxury. They can just do the nice things, but they can't yeah. do the hard things. And, and also, the so last thing about about Bernardo Silva, there's there's one player, and he no now he's also he's part of it as well. But there's another player that he's my favorite player to watch play football, in in the whole Premier League, and that's Thiago. I love I love watching like the way he plays, and and also I feel like Bernardo Silva, on the ball dribbling. I think. Just it's just amazing to watch a player like this. So so smooth as well. Yeah. Yeah. So and also he's he uh he he makes a lot of key passes. You know, makes a lot of chances. Yeah. He's playing on the midfield now. Yeah. On the like the side of the midfield. Yeah. Okay, so that's City Chelsea done. Aston Villa vs Manchester United. Two to the final score was, 
And the big talking point before the game was the introduction of the one and only Philip Coutinho. Felipe. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 amazing. I mean, he he came from uh, Barcelona, and he was at Bayern as well before you know before he's coming to 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 the Premier League, and he's won a lot of trophies at Bayern Munich. He won the Champions League. He's won the Bundesliga. Bundesliga. He's won the, even the FIFA World Cup, I think. FIFA World Cup. <laughs> FIFA, no, club, FIFA Club World Cup. World, <laughs> FIFA Club World Cup. Sorry. Um, yeah, he's 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 amazing. I yeah. think, and obviously he was loaned. He, he was loaned to Bayern Munich at his tenure in Barcelona, and Bayern Munich actually beat Barcelona that time, and he scored the goal as well against them, which was very embarrassing for Barcelona. And yeah, they've Gerard managed to convince him to come to Aston Villa and yeah. play under him. And apparently, reports have been saying that it was a big factor, Gerard, yeah. in the conversations they and played negotiations. Together as well. Yeah, they played together. And as you understand, it's a thirty to forty million uh, pound. I'm not sure if it's pound or euros to option to buy after the loan ends. And yeah, he he played, got in, scored a goal, and got an assist. In around 10 minutes. Yeah, in around 10 minutes. Final score was 2-2. And, yeah, give us your thoughts. So, obviously, Aston Villa... First of all, uh, United scored two goals first. Aston Villa, they they, they need they need a player to, you know, keep the ball and con- and control the game as t- at the same time, uh, create chances so they can, you know, try to score. But they take a risk. Sabal Coutinho, while he's you know wearing his socks, putting on his shoes, they the just conceded the goal as well, yeah. which means momentum was nine out of Yeah, the crowd goes crazy, just just seeing him there about to come on. He comes on, and he just that's magic after that. He's what a player he is, and just quickly on, on Coutinho, when he was at uh, Barcelona, uh, Coleman, the coach, I personally I really dislike him ever like ever since he went to Barca I think he was probably the worst coach well, he ever. He coached Southampton Southampton. He's really bad coach. He start, he also says stuff that coaches don't say. Like he says a lot of things that you're not supposed to say these type of things. And also like what type, how can you sign a player like Coutinho for I don't know how much 120, right? It yeah, was it was 140 big, million. Yeah, it was a very big signing. Then you loan him. No, but Coleman didn't buy him though. Coleman wasn't the guy who. Yeah, but you still him. don't loan a player with that much quality. You don't. No, but him. if he's not getting playtime, the the player, the agent. But you give him playtime. Yeah, but what if he doesn't fit your system or Coleman? They, they were not even doing well, anyways. And also, they in the Champions League, they lost four 0 comeback by Liverpool, his own team, him and Suarez as well. Both ex Liverpool players got finessed. But anyways, uh, <laughs> so yeah, uh, on the game, I think. Felipe Coutinho was, you know, amazing debut for him, and I'm not, I'm not too sure. You said it counted as his assist. Yeah, right? it was, I think. Yeah, but even even if it didn't, he started that play. He made a one-two, and then you no, know, actually Tyrone Mings started that play. You yeah, know, he brought yeah, the ball up, dribbled I mean, yeah, yeah. through two players, and gave it to I think was it Chukameka or something. I don't know. It's and then he played a one-two to Coutinho. Yeah. And yeah, Coutinho played the last pass basically, but yeah, Tyrone Mings, you know, he played well. They, I know they considered two goals. Konza got, like, in in the beginning already, like, early in the game, he was, something happened to his back. So yeah. He yeah. was, like, he wasn't even fully, like, you know, he wasn't... Yeah, he, he wasn't was, fully yeah. fit and He wasn't, he wasn't doing game. well, so... So, after that, they had to sub him off in the second half. He brought Howes in. Yeah, and he played really well, actually. Yeah, he 
bring balls. So yeah, I was gonna spray say, balls to the to yeah, Luca to Dini the fullbacks, yeah. and Luca Dini as well. We didn't talk about him actually. He he also signed Aston Villa signed him, and Aston Villa are doing are doing amazing business. Yeah, I mean getting Luca Dini for twenty five million euros, twenty five million pounds. That's, I mean it's a bit expensive, but that's still a good price for a player like him. He yeah, Luca Luc yeah. Dini played really well. He's he's going on the left flank, getting those crosses in. He did get a yellow card, but he's probably just excited. It's fine though. <laughs> First fine, game, to be honest. And yeah, he's been, yeah, he played well. He's he's put in like good crosses inside, low crosses, driven crosses, and curl curlers or what do you call them? <laughs> he almost scored as well, but you know. He, yeah. He, he so, fluked it. So yeah, Luca Dini, another another smart signing from Aston Villa, and United were just poor. Like first half it was all theirs, but the fact that you concede two goals in 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 seventy minutes in twenty uh, wait thirty minutes was it? Because they scored their goal in the 70th minute, I think, 69th he minute. He came on in the 67th minute, I remember. Yeah, so, so they scored they scored their goal, like, basically 20 minutes. Yeah. They they, they couldn't keep the 2-0 lead. Yeah. I know it's home for Aston Villa and everything, but still, you as a Man United, as a Man United team, as a as a club, as all, the, all those senior players, Matic, um, Cavani. Bruno. Bruno. All these players, they should know better, you know? They First, should... I think Bruno played well, though. It's just his team, like, kind of yeah, let him down. But... Um, yeah, so, like, I think uh, Man United, they could have, you know, they could have scored more goals. Like, they were really dominating the game. But I don't know, I don't know what, like, what's up with their, with the way that they're playing. But, yeah, I think personally Bruno played well. It's just his team didn't really, you know. No, the the, the, the problem was they were playing a midfield three with Matic, Fred, and Bruno. And the fact that Matic is 33 years old says enough. I mean, you can't play a 33 years, 33-year-old 30, <laughs> Midfielder in that like dynamic midfield that Aston Villa has, Bandia and Jacob Ramsey, which by the way, those two had an amazing game. And I think Bandia, I think he has he had his best game for in an Aston Villa shirt, in my opinion, because he just he just took the ball. All the good attacks, all the threats, all came from Bandia, all came through Bandia. He started all the attacks. He he tried to give all the passes. He tried to like. Like counter attacks, everything started from Bundy, and I think, and he also, I I saw him as well. There was a clip of him losing the ball, running back, winning it back. So I, I think Bundy really played well this this game, and you can't play matches at thirty three year old. He's so, he's not okay. He used to be good before, but he's not, he's not quick enough. J- really Jacob Ramsey just went through him easy. So because Jacob Ramsey obviously he scored a goal, got an assist as well. Yeah. What a player, young, as well. Man of the match as well. Man of the match. Didn't have a, didn't have a good first half, but Gerard, you know, probably gave him some honest words and told him, you know, you can do this. It's only, it's only man at it. <laughs> but they're a depleted side, you know. You guys can, we're home. We can still, we can still get something from this game. So yeah, Matic playing there was, I don't know. I I know they have problems in the midfield like since last season, but the fact that you play Matic for a whole game and I I know Phil Jones is a, you know, he's a center back. But he used to play a midfielder DM back in his back in his days, so he could have he could have maybe went in. I heard McTominay got injured, but yeah, Matic was just first forty five minutes. He's okay, but then he got fatigued. You know, he got tired. Jacob Ramsey just went through him like create like he just ran through him, ran ran past him. So yeah, I think Man United were poor, and the fact that they lost two goals in the last twenty minutes was considered two goals in the last twenty minutes was was embarrassing for them, and. Yeah, I was gonna say not only their midfield was was bad United, but that defense this this game was really really bad. Like Coutinho's goal, 
not not just Coutinho's goal, but I'm just saying like Coutinho's goal in the end. He, you can't be letting a player, you know, r- from behind you, be like having that much space to run, and they yeah. weren't even looking back. You're supposed to like scan, and, and and a ball that's coming in the box like this should be cleared out right away. But well, it was a good movement yeah. from Aston Villa as well. Yeah, and also yeah. I I feel like Coutinho coming on, I don't know, somehow boosted their confidence, you know, because like a player like Coutinho, and then you know no, everyone's no, no, especially the fans, they just yeah the fans, yeah yeah crazy. the fans, the fans fed the the players, you know, they 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 fed them con- uh, motivation. And yeah, it was a good game to watch as well. What a game yeah. to watch! And yeah, that's that's basically that. Next up is West Ham vs Leeds. Now this game was crazy as well. What was yes. the score? Five goals. Five score. goal thriller. Yeah. So three two, and Leeds with the win. Got At home to West disallowed. Ham. Goal disallowed. Right? Goal disallowed as well. Yeah. Um, I think both teams had goals a lot. What a game. As a neutral like fan, what a game to watch too. No, as a Spurs fan, I wanted West Ham to lose, so this is perfect for us. I I couldn't care less to be honest. <laughs> I just wanted to watch that. What a game of football that was. So yeah, we, just to get on like to the game, West Ham, they're they're gonna cost themselves the top four position if they keep losing games, getting draws against lower sides, uh, lesser sides. And I mean like, yes, Leeds are a good team, but they didn't have their best team out there today. Calvin Phillips. Phillips was missing. Liam Cooper was missing. They played Ailing and Stroke as a defensive pairing. That's not. Well, that's not really. Ailing is a player. No, Ailing is a good left back, or was he a right back or a left back? Full back, just. He's full a back, back, yeah. He's, right. a, he's he's a full back, but he's not a center back. So the fact that they played against Antonio and those, yes, granted they didn't have Suchek and other players were missing. Ben Rama as well. But still, you shouldn't have lost to a team like this, you know, like a depleted side. They had, they didn't have the best team. And, and also Forshaw and Firpo, they all both got subbed off, both from injuries. So the fact that they still didn't win that game, West Ham, at home, means they're going to cost the top four position because Spurs are going to come in, Arsenal and Man United as well. They might find some form eventually because in the end of the day, it just takes a few, a few games, a few winning performances, a few... Um, points here and there to get their confidence back and they have a good side they have a good team sorry they have a good team they have a good squad very like good players so if they click to United they'll get the top four position easily so I think if West Ham keeps losing games like this or dropping points they're not going to get the top four position I, I don't I don't think they need to beat teams they need to blow them away they need to fix their defense as well their defense is is is, is really really bad they, they've lost Agbana yes and Kurt Zuma so Diop is playing, and Diop isn't really good. He made a mistake. He gave the ball away for the goal as well, for one of Harrison's goals. And yeah, he's they're not they're not doing well. They need to they 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 need effectively need to beat teams if they want to get top four. They need to beat like lower 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 sides. And Bielsa, just I don't know what to say. Like the Leeds just played amazing. Just quickly, aside from those points and all those stuff. You gotta give some credit to what a player Harrison Hattrick, just crazy. Yeah, that was that was amazing. Yeah. And and not only, uh, not only Harrison is a like there's there's few standout players that, that like you know I was very impressed by, but there's the two players that I'm just very very confused why they're not being signed. Okay, if you play for West Ham, yeah, maybe you know you you might not want to leave in a place you're in because you're they're already in a good spot. Yeah, they're in a good but position. But Rafinha, what a game he had. What a game! Yeah, he might not be scoring all the goals, but he got an assist, and yeah, he created the most chances. Yeah. Eight, eight yeah. chances created. He's just—he never like disappoints you. 
he might not score a goal, but he also creates chances or assists. And even if, and he usually scores goals for Leeds. And also, he's hit the crossbar. Yeah, he's on a free kick. The yeah. post, right? Hit as the well. post on the crossbar. Yeah. And yeah, so Harrison obviously hat trick. That that he he what a player he is. To be honest, that's only gonna give him confidence now. Yeah. Yeah. For to be honest, when 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 I heard that City are the people like they loaned him to Leeds for a, for two three years. Yeah, it was two years. Two yeah. years. Then I realized, oh wait, they have they can take him back. I was really really scared because I didn't want City to have Harrison. I thought they could do a lot with a player like this, a player so, who can play in such a good team like, like City, and he's already performing well with Leeds. I was very scared for him to go back. But then when they bought him, yeah, they bought him this summer. Yeah, it's yeah. it's not just good for for Harrison, but also I'm happy that City didn't buy him because I feel like City would have just been overpowered, even though they already are overpowered now. So yeah, just like I think Leeds are doing very very well, and now they're getting more confidence because people are saying they might get relegated. They might because of the injuries they've been having, COVID cases and stuff like that. So people are saying if they don't start playing properly, they're gonna they're gonna start they they they're gonna start to lose points and drop in the table and might eventually be in that you know relegation battle and you know get relegated. So so yeah, I think. Personally, I think that this game just stopped them from being relegated. Not not just because of three points, just as like a like a win, like as like a mentality yeah, thing. Yeah, mentality yeah. thing. Because beating West Ham, team that's going for top four, three two, and, and they performed very very well. Yeah, they both didn't get both up. teams performed yeah, very well. To both, be honest, both teams, yeah. I won't say a team dominated. Team no, no, dominated. no. But the thing is about West Ham, they conceded goals yeah. that are not supposed to be conceded. Like they they got ca- caught in the counter attack. They, they, Diop missed the, ch- uh, he he missed the ball, and like he gave the ball away in a very dangerous area. So I don't think West Ham are gonna be happy about that performance. But Leeds definitely will, and Bielsa, Bielsa who had to sub on teenagers to play the, fin- the second half as well. It must be a headache for him, but still, you know those those kids really paid like they they played well, and yeah, just, Leeds just did not give up. You know they, unt- like literally. There's this point in the game where Daniel James got a yellow card on on Fabianski, and that just shows you that he's pressing the keeper. They don't they oh, don't yeah, give up. Yeah. Yeah. They don't give up. They're just always on the ball, always looking for positives, passing, creating chances, and all that. So yeah, I think Leeds definitely deserve this win, and yeah, I mean Bielsa's gonna be very happy, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Moy's gonna have words with his you know players and everything, but. Yeah, Leeds definitely are going to be happy about this. And hopefully they, this can actually kickstart their season and they place in a higher position, hopefully 10th. Yeah, I mean, not, not 10th. Top half. Yeah, 12th maybe or something yeah. like that. But just real quickly, there's a player that played for West Ham, Declan Rice. I think like he performs very well every single week. He performs very, very well, but it's not a one-man game. It's not a, you can't win by yourself, but you just have to give him credit. What a, what a player. Yeah, right? he's very consistent. Yeah, he doesn't lose the ball. A lot yeah. of people were saying... Like during the Euros time, why is he rated so highly? Why is why is he going for such a high price? Like let alone the fact that he's homegrown. That's why probably his yeah, price yeah, goes a little bit. Yeah. But he's an amazing, amazing player. He's only twenty two years old. Only twenty two. I don't Captain. know if he turned twenty three. Yeah, we've talked about him in our our yeah. previous podcast. Yeah. What what a player! And and I just he's not. No, now he's obviously he's rated like highly. He's rated, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but he just performs week in week out. And I think. Teams should really like you know cash in and spend yeah, a lot of money. United as well should probably get him. And no one, I feel like man, no one should go to United right now. They keep buying all those good good players and then they start performing like this. To yeah. be honest, if he wants to go to a team, 
he's probably going to go to Chelsea because, you know, he was an academy Mason player. Mount. Oh, yeah, no, not Chelsea, just Mason Chelsea, Mount. He yeah, was an yeah. academy player, yeah. yeah. And also, Chelsea, like, keep buying midfielders and they don't turn out. Like, Saul, the biggest flop, in my opinion. No, but alone, so it's fine. Yeah, but still <laughs> flop, so, yeah. Everton just keep getting worse. I mean, they're just they're just really bad now. They were lost against Norwich. They lost to Norwich, which effectively got Rafa Benitez sacked. I mean, that was just a very very bad performance from Everton. I mean that that was really embarrassing from their from their from their side. Uh, I'm not sure if the game was home or away. Can you make can you see that? Yeah, but if it's a if it's away to Norwich, then it's a bit understandable because Norwich fans can can have an effect on the game. But if it's home, it's even worse because the home fans are gonna be there. And it was it was home to Norwich. It was home to Norwich. Okay, but still, you but shouldn't still, be losing yeah. to a promoted side. I know Norwich won the won the championship last season, but still, you shouldn't be losing to to Norwich. And I've got some damning stats over here. You want if you want to listen to them, want to hear them? Uh, Norwich haven't scored in forty six days. <laughs> Think about that. And Everton have won one game in thirteen. This is a Premier League side we're talking about. A Premier League side, and they've won one in thirteen games. How how bad is that? Yeah. To be honest, not just their this performance against Norwich, but every single performances they had, not just the result, but their performances, they've been doing really, really bad. And I feel like this game was just to top it off and sack Rafa Benitez. Yeah, it's effectively the game that got him sacked. Yeah, and yeah, they're just really bad. And but the thing is about this game, where Charleston scored a, a um, overhead kick. If you saw that, that's pretty cool. But they still lost the game, and it always happens. You know, the team that loses the game scores the nicer goal. Yeah, and it's not—it's not like it's like a like a well, like you know, like a team goal, or like passing and stuff. It's a—it's like a individual brilliance type of goal. So they really played very bad. You can like tell by that. But yeah, I think uh, Rafa Benitez—they're losing their players. They lost uh, Luca Digne. Yeah. Lucas or Luca? Luca, Luca, I think. Luca, Luca Digne. And now their manager, and to be honest, I don't know what they're doing. To be honest, like, and I feel like no matter which manager they're bringing, they're always like performing very bad, like the team and the the coach. So yeah, now they're just gonna keep sacking, and I don't know who they can find to to coach them next. No, they're still the the thing is they're still available, available coaches out there. There's Lampard, there's Rooney, so there's rumors, but I don't think it's only the. the I don't think it's the, it's the player's fault, to be honest. Because Luca Dinier, the only reason he left Everton was a foul between Rafa Benitez. Uh, that, that's what's been reported from, from reporters uh, across that uh, that club the, who, are, who are covering Everton. So the reason he left is because they were they had a fault. You know, they fought. I don't know. <laughs> obviously not fought, like, as in physically. But, you know, they had an argument, probably. And that's why Luca Dinier left. Um, but the thing is about Rafa Benitez, he's a very pragmatic manager. He likes to play defensively. He's always defensive, and yeah, he's. That's why the Everton fans have no confidence. I mean, um, no, no patience with the manager because if you don't play good football and you don't win games, then how are you gonna win the fans? If you know what I mean. And the thing is, Rafa Benitez started his job. He heard like he already had a whole thing he had to like like um fix that that connection and that relationship with the fans because Rafa Benitez coached Liverpool. And Everton and Liverpool are, are are enemies, right? They're they're derbies. So enemies. So if you're playing if you if you're if you're coaching um Liverpool coming to Everton and you're doing bad, it's just gonna get worse and worse for you. And and, and it's already started in, in a very bad state and 
because oh he's a Liverpool fan, he's a Liverpool coach and why is he coming to coach us and and everything like that. So the fact that he came did really bad in only six months as well, and he just made the team worse. And then and and apparently there's been talks about him going to a lot of clubs and just making problems. He's always making problems in a lot of clubs he's in Madrid, uh, and and yeah. So so it's it's bad for Everton Everton. And now they have to look for a new manager. But I think Duncan Ferguson is not bad because um, before Rafa Benitez came and Ancelotti left the job, Duncan Ferguson took the interim job. So he didn't do really bad. So I think they might have to stick with them. Um, they might have to go with Duncan Ferguson. But, yeah, or they might just go for Lampard or... I don't know, really. But, yeah, it's 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 going to be it's gonna be interesting what happens next in everything. So, yeah, I also wanted to say right now on the table... Burnley have like the most games in hand. They have like four games in hand, but Everton only have ni- uh, nineteen points, and the uh, Norwich who just beat them they have thirteen points. So yeah, they're they're getting even closer and closer to like the relegation battle. Even though I, I, obviously I don't think they would get relegated because they're Everton, but they they keep losing and losing and losing. They're gonna get lower and lower in the table, and not just for the for the players and for the team, but also for the fans. They're gonna. You know, it's going to be, like, very bad for the fans. And no one's even going to want to watch the games for Everton. So, no, they, yeah. they actually might get sucked in that relegation battle. Because Newcastle are a wild card. You know, they might just sign... Tomorrow, they might sign a player. They already signed Trippier and, and Chris Wood. And, and if it clicks, and Eddie Howe... Because it's Eddie Howe's players. You know, Eddie Howe probably chose those players. So, they're going to work for Eddie Howe. And if Newcastle starts clicking, Watford are not bad. They're okay. Norwich just won a game. And Burnley have games in hand, just like you said. So, so Everton really might get in, get into big trouble over here. And just one last thing on 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 the stats of Everton. Everton lost to all three promoted sides. New newly promoted sides. Newly promoted sides, which means that that, that which Watford, Brentford, and and um, Brent, uh, uh, who are they? Who was the promoted side? Well, I just lost from my head. Watford. Brentford, Norwich, and Norwich. Yeah. yeah. So they've lost three of them. They lost that, two, three of them. Yeah. yeah, that's that's embarrassing to be honest for for an established Premier League club, which in the Premier League for like I don't know how long uh, since they were promoted. But yeah, they were here for a long time, and the fact that they lost to all three of them is a bit embarrassing for 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 Everton and the fans as well. So another reason why I also believe that they might they might be able to, um, they might actually be in that relegation battle is because. They're playing Aston Villa next, who are in form right now after that game. Then they're playing Newcastle, Leeds, Southampton, and then they're playing City. So they could lose possibly four of those games. And after that, they have Spurs, Wolves, and they have West Ham United, and like more challenging, more challenging teams. So, so I think it will be very, very hard for them to get points, considering the fact that they don't even have a manager right now. I don't know who's their manager, who's like the person who's coming in right now. And also the team, the the team morale and everything. I think it would be very hard for them to like get together and try to win and get points so they don't get into that relegation battle. Finally, on the weekend, uh, we're gonna talk about Liverpool's win against Brentford, three 0 victory yep. without Mohamed Salah, without Mane, Naby Keita as well, without Naby Keita, and yeah, it's it's good. I think it's a good win for them, and. Yeah, they're trying to close the gap between City, which is 11 points. 
Um, personally, I think the the league's already over. I think City already won the league, but you know Liverpool fans, of course, are gonna have hope. And yeah, they're just closing it down. And I think Liverpool have a game in hand as well. So yeah, so if they, if they keep winning games and hope City drop points, then yeah, they can get closer to that title. But until now, I I, I still think City are favorites and they're gonna win the league for sure. Well, in my opinion, as a Liverpool fan, obviously I will still have hope, but I do think that a lot of people, as you mentioned just now, Liverpool have a game in hand. A lot of people keep forgetting the fact that we have one game in hand, and the points different. Right, the difference right now is eleven points. If Liverpool win their game in hand, which is against Leeds, I believe, and get three points, the gap will only be eight points, which is still a lot. But they still have they still have a game against City, and that game is gonna be a game where. If you lose, the title race is over. If you win, you just have to hope that City somehow lose points, uh, drop points. So I still, I still believe that Klopp is. A lot of people are saying Klopp is still, uh, like he's still very focused and still has a lot of hope because, like as you can see, after the game he was like doing that fist thing he always does, and the, all the players are just like you know trying their best to win and you know goal difference and and points and everything. And yeah, I think it's also good for Liverpool to go back to winning. And yeah, so I think Minamino yeah. scoring goals as well. So, so yeah, that's 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 good. Minamino comes on. I don't know what time. What time does he come on? What time did he come on? I think it was the, like near the end. I remember near the end. Yeah, and then he scores a goal. So that's that's gonna give him confidence. Of course, after missing against Leicester Arsenal. City, or Arsenal, 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 sorry, semifinals. Yeah. Semifinals. We're also losing to Leicester one 0 and now they're back to winning. So it's good for them. Yeah. So it's, it's it's good stuff for Liverpool. And yeah, I think we're gonna wrap it up here. You know, if you guys are still listening in, thank you guys so much. And we're going to hope we can upload every week, being consistent in the podcast, so you guys can enjoy. And, yeah, we just want to bring you guys the best podcast there is, what we can offer, obviously. And, yeah, thanks for joining us. Thank you guys very much, and we really appreciate the support and the things on our first episode. And, yeah, we hope to entertain you guys in the coming few. Thank you very much. Appreciate it.